Hello, Erica. Hello, Stephen. We have reached a milestone. Tell us about the milestone, dear. You know the milestone. We have watched on this journey of ours called Lazy Doctor Who, our last reconstruction. I don't even know how to feel right now. Like, I, there's a little part of me that's sad. <laughs> I mean, it's, it's, it's a milestone. It's the thing that, uh, that I think, I don't know that it necessarily keeps that many people from doing the pilgrimage, uh, the, the reconstructions, but I think it's the thing that classic Doctor Who fans think keeps a lot of people from doing the pilgrimage. Mm. So the fact that we have, we have made it through and and finished all of them um i think is is sort of a maybe a signal to anybody who might have doubted that uh that, yeah we're really truly in this for the long haul and we're gonna we're gonna make it all the way through yeah we were like 243 episodes i think 244 there's 253 episodes in the 1960s that much i know so i'll do my math if we can yeah <laughs> so we're that many episodes in um, but you know, the thing about reconstructions is that, or missing episodes in general is that some people will just like, I know when, uh, Kyle and Eric did the writer's room, mm-hmm. they only listened to them. They didn't do watch the recons. Some people skip over the recons, uh, and just read synopsises or something yeah. like that, or even the target novelizations or something like that. So everyone has their different sort of yep. attack plan. And then there's different, different versions of the recons from loose cannon themselves. They've done two or three different versions of each story sometimes. So, um, it's it's a unique yep. privilege that we as Doctor Who fans get to go through to mm-hmm. find ways to watch episodes that no longer exist. Mm-hmm. Find ways or find ways to consume episodes that yeah. don't exist because it's not really watching if you're listening to the audio or mm-hmm. reading the book. That's true. Mm-hmm. Uh, to say that we watched uh, five, episodes five and six, by the way, of The Space Pirates, the penultimate story of the Patrick Troughton era. Mm-hmm. Um and as I said before, the last story that I am totally certain that I have yep. never seen, although it is not the last story that I know very little about. So there's there are still some surprises in store for me. That's for sure. That's very true. Um, what did you think of these last two episodes? I what a this was just a delightful story. I don't know what the heck is wrong with fans. Received fan wisdom. I shake my finger at you once again. Much needs to be destroyed about received fan wisdom. I mean, like I, I like I've said before, like the the things that I recognize in the recognized in the earlier parts of the story uh, that people might not like. Mm-hmm. I can understand that they sort of continued through. Like you know, Milo Clancy is a very sort of over the top figure. There was actually one point where they took it too far, and I was even pretty annoyed <laughs> with Robert Holmes or the director Michael Hart or somebody. Uh-huh. Um, I don't know if you noticed when I got angry no i didn't no go ahead no tell me so it's the part where uh the doctor is trying to talk milo clancy through finding the um the hidden control box thing and you know milo says you know of course i know where that panel is i know this ship like the back of my hand and then he according to what uh, popped up on the screen for us in this reconstruction then he proceeded to accidentally um like recline his chair and yeah like it's it sounded like they had him sort of bumbling around you know saying of course i know the ship like the back of my hand and then not actually knowing the ship like the back of his hand and just stumbling on the panel that Mm -hmm. he wanted that made me mad (laughs) sometimes the doctor does that himself really though when you think about it yeah but maybe milo clancy's a time lord 
Oh my God, you've heard it here first, yeah. folks. Uh, no, just the idea that he's been puttering around in the Liz for decades. 79 years, that's why it's called that. Really? No, I just made that up. Shut up. <laughs> I'm talking here. <laughs> um, that uh, that upset me because he he does need to know that ship like the back of his hand because that is literally, you know, his life is hanging, you know, by this r- rust bucket of a yeah. ship. Like it's, you know, it's a delightful, it's a delightful old, old jalopy. And I've, you know, I've read so much science fiction and watched so much science fiction. Mm-hmm. And anytime there's a character that, um, that lives in space, that lives on their spaceship a lot of the time. Yeah. They, and they're alone. They don't have a crew to help them fix it. They do need to know a little bit of everything. So just the idea that this guy who has who is an expert in his field and who knows what he's doing is suddenly a bumbling idiot in in a way that would have literally gotten him killed over and over and over again over the last three decades. That bothered me. But other than that, I quite enjoyed it. Well, yay. That's <laughs> awesome. I, I have one question for you then. Okay. Um, what, uh, so... so the the twist, which you were not expecting, was that Thomas Sigri is actually alive. alive. Mm-hmm. So why did they keep him alive? They kept him alive because Kevin knew that eventually he was going to need some extra leverage to keep Madeline in line. I didn't mean to do that on purpose. That was that was not a rhymey joke. Right. It was just her name happens to be not Madeline, Madeline, ah. and uh, so I was pronouncing it correctly. But yeah, he and he he says that he said I knew I'd need an extra lever or something ah, like that. Okay. So and and there was a, a hint that there was a reason for keeping him alive when the doctor and Jamie and Zoe discovered him because because. Uh, somebody asked why would they keep him alive and the doctor said yeah it seems like Kevin has you know he had, he doesn't do anything for no reason there's mm. got to be a reason that they've kept down he's kept Dom alive all these years apparently in this one room with no bathroom I'm yeesh whoa there's a lot I was thinking <laughs> that like we were spared the on uh-huh. air on screen reunion between father and daughter uh-huh. uh, and I thought you know like we should probably go oh father oh you smell yeah <laughs> Yeah. So I mean, you know, like like most Doctor Who stories, there are a few things where if you think about them too hard, you, you know, it, it it falls apart a little bit. But that that doesn't strike me as um terribly un-Doctor Who-ish. Honestly, the twist of him still being alive, I wasn't expecting it and yet it felt very it felt very right to me. It felt very Doctor Who to me. This delightful surprise um that you didn't see coming. And yeah, it made you know, I, 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 I'm not sure that having leverage on uh, Madeline was it, enough of a good reason to keep this guy, like, holed up and fed and mm. um, all this time. But apparently, you know, Kevin thought, thought it was. Mm. So, and that's what he did. And it worked because it, it got her to throw the space core off the scent um, for a while because she discovers, you know, that he's been alive this whole time and... I didn't. I also kind of didn't like the way that she completely fell apart and started like you know weeping and crying and stuff. It's just like I feel like had it been a male character in that position, that's not the not the choice that they would have made. Um, you know, it probably would have gone with the the the, the screaming and you know yelling, kind of like a Dervish does. Like you know, stay away from me. I'm really mad at you. Yell, yell, yell. Whereas Madeline just s- starts weeping. Well, she did think that her father was dead and was, you know, 
know knowledgeable of that for like the last 15 years i'm yeah and i'm not saying she doesn't have a reason to do that i just i feel that it was a very gendered choice that, that when you know her back is against the wall and she's very upset she collapses into sobs whereas somebody like dervish he, he doesn't do any crying you know it's just what i'm saying well it wasn't his father locked up for 15 years no, well, I mean, Dervish, when when she's pointing out that uh, that he's part of this band of murderers, and he starts to freak out, and like he mm-hmm. his his freak out takes on a very different tone than hers. Yeah, he whirls. Brap brap. Been waiting six episodes to get a whirling Dervish joke in, and I finally did it. So I'm happy about that. Oh boy. Yeah. Congratulations. Thanks. <laughs> they get zapped out of the sky by uh, General Hermack. Boom, and then their beat of dart, your favorite ship, was blown up. Oh, poor moment of silence for the beat of dart. Yeah. Okay, that was the moment. That was, oh, that was it, right? <laughs> That was it, yep. Wow. Yeah, I, d- I did really like that ship. Mm-hmm. It sounds like there are others out in the uh, out in the universe somewhere, though. Yeah. Like, that's not the only one. That's the model of the ship as opposed to the, uh, the name of it. It's not like the Liz. There's only one Liz. There's only one Liz, 79, the Millennium Falcon, or if you will, the Type 79 TARDIS that Milo Clancy flies around the galaxy in. <laughs> Oh my god! Oh, that's ridiculous, but funny. With his new companion, Thomas Green. Mm-hmm. Sure, mm-hmm. and maybe Madeline too. Well, no, she has to stand trial. At okay. least she has to stand trial. At least they don't yes. like gloss over that. Like her part in this Argonite scheme mm-hmm. is, you know, is she's responsible for part of it. So mm-hmm. we don't find out um, the results of that trial. Unless Big Finish did a thing about it. I don't know if they did. <laughs> that feels like it might be even a step too far, like even for, for Big Finish. But no, I, I appreciated that too. Um, and I, you know, she's, because she's definitely not innocent. It's not like Kevin used her father as leverage to get her in on the scheme in the first place. She just thought her father was dead and was like, well, sure, I'll get in. Well, you know, she does mention at one point that at first she thought it was just going to be salvage. Like that's what he told her to, to get her in on it. And then it turned into piracy and then so you know i mean she was it sounds like she was slowly sort of indoctrinated into the criminal ways but um she reached her limit when it came to murder so you know i i, I appreciate that she had a uh, a point at which she was she was not willing to go past that mm-hmm. um, but she's she was certainly a criminal and at the end she recognizes she that recognizes that she was a criminal and is ready to you know do the time for her crime so at least Sorba's death counted for something then, because it was his death that uh, that caused Madeline to um, to turn over a new leaf. That's true. That was that was the straw that that broke the camel's back, as mm-hmm. they say. She's so you know, it's it just seems so sad to me that they worked so hard to get him all the way there, and only for him to uh, die like a hero, as mm-hmm. as Kevin said. And uh, and yeah, you're right. That was the in like in instigating moment uh inciting moment that that changed her trajectory as a character basically yeah um what else in this episode have we covered other stuff i'm still shocked about how little the doctor and the companions Mm -hmm. feature in it especially the the last two episodes where they're just sort of like along for the ride for the most part yeah i mean sure that it's the, the doctor that uh defuses the bomb but that could have been anybody who had that kind of expertise you know mm. like it, it, he, he didn't set him in the first place so it wasn't like it was some sort of time lord technology but yeah they really are sort of along he talks uh milo through um 
undoing the remote control again that could have been somebody else yeah, yeah it's there's there's nothing that really and i mean that's there are some stories where the stuff that happens doesn't necessarily need to be um the doctor or his companion doing mm-hmm. it but you are right that they they feel extra super, superfluous in this story which like i said is a perfectly reasonable criticism so if you're not fond of that then i can understand i can understand you um taking against this story um for that reason it just didn't bother me mm-hmm. they're so superfluous in the sixth episode in fact that Troughton, fraser hines and wendy padbury weren't even in the studio when they recorded it Really? Yes. So with uh, with the war games being the next story, 10 parts, and thus like basically two stories together um, in one, they had an extra week of filming to do. And that extra week, they started off this whole production block, The Invasion, sort of well in advance, like basically doing an episode you know, and then moving on to the next one without doing like the location filming for the next story during rehearsals of the current story, that sort of thing. But by the time they got to this point, time was starting to sort of catch up with them a little bit. So they wrote in basically, can you write in, in episode six, the scenes with the doctor and the companions so we can pre-film them mm. because they won't be in the studio. <laughs> They'll be on location shooting um, war games. So yeah, the only time in, in history for a, a story that features a doctor and the companions, that this, I'm taking Mr. Mm-hmm. the unknown out of the equation here, um, the doctor and companions were not actually in the studio that whole week. Wow. Fascinating. So not only is it a neat story, mm-hmm. but there's some, some neat history attached to it as well. It's like a, a record-making story. Yeah. I w- you know, you could... I, I don't know if you can tell these things, but I can tell from the audio when something is being recorded in the studio when something's sort of being mic'd up on film and the, mm-hmm. the film, the sounds with the Doctor and the companions sounded differently. Oh, okay. And I almost wonder, like, um, I don't know what it would have looked like, but I wonder if a lot of the shots of the Doctor defusing the bomb were perhaps a double in studio or something like mm-hmm. that to save on having to pre-film that because if he's wearing a mm-hmm. radiation suit, then he won't have to worry about it. And then the, the, the bits where he's talking to Milo Clancy over the intercom, I bet you were also just sort of played back in off of tape as well. So there was lots of little um, little corners they, they cut to get around the fact that the uh, stars were not on the set that day. Well, I mean, it, yeah, I couldn't see it, but um, I had, had no idea. So the, knowing me, I probably would have had no idea even if the story existed and I'd watched that episode. Right. Mm-hmm. But there's me who likes mm-hmm. to watch out for oh, such yeah. things. Oh yeah, of course. Yeah, you're good at that sort of thing. Yeah, yeah I just I I enjoyed it. There were lots. Th- I didn't ever feel like it was um, slow, except maybe for the part where the doctor is defusing mm-hmm. the bomb because we can't actually see him doing it. We just keep seeing text flash up on the screen um, for the reconstruction saying, you know, the doctor takes the lid off the box. The doctor does this. The doctor does that. So, yeah, recons mm-hmm. do not do action scenes any yeah. favors, which which is, you know, fine because there's no Very difficult. there's no yeah. good way to do that. Yeah. I mean, you get um, probably some <laughs> nice linking narration in the BBC audio version Mm -hmm. I would expect but that probably doesn't make it all that much more exciting no No. they do the best they can um and and that's that's perfectly fine and as we often say about these classic and this is why we we do Lazy Doctor Who this way in you know one or two episodes at a time is that the these stories were never meant to be watched six episodes one go and I imagine that a lot of people who 
rate and a review. Or in my opinion, don't even do that and just sort of take received fan wisdom as accepted. They they try to watch all six episodes in one go and go, oh, this is interminable. Why are we doing this? But when you watch it like you know in, in two episode chunks as we did, I think it's a perfect perfectly serviceable little story. Yeah. Yep. Yeah, like I said, there are definitely elements that I can see would totally rub people mm-hmm. the wrong way, but um, I was no more bored than this than I was by many other Doctor Who stories. So, yeah. and and a lot less. Like, I was just, I was interested to see what was going to happen. I, you know, Kevin is a guy who had all kinds of plans and backup plans, and I was just, I wanted to see what was, what he had in his back pocket next, and then next, and then next. Um, I thought Dervish was kind of a hilarious, you know, second command slash sidekick who was mm-hmm. just always complaining and not really quite wanting to do what the boss tells him. Um, yeah, and kind of almost like, leaning towards turning as well with no you don't think so i don't think so i don't think that he was anywhere near um turning i think that madeline was hoping that she could convince him to Mm -hmm. but he was he was way too far down that path in his life because he even says you know when when kevin says you gotta shoot her if she doesn't cooperate and he Mm -hmm. says i don't want to shoot you but i will and i believed that i think i think that this has been his life for long enough that that you know he he he's not proud of it but that's where he is and you know that's that's a pretty deep character for uh you know sidekick kind of guy who's mm-hmm. who's not even in every episode a whole lot i think robert holmes is uh it's a pretty good uh, doctor who writer even though in this case like you said he doesn't write a lot for the doctor and, this, <laughs> and the companions like jamie and zoe do pretty much nothing yeah. um and the doctor does not a whole lot more than that in these last two episodes you mean or yeah, I mean, really, even kind of overall. Yeah. I mean, there's the math sequence that we talked about with Zoe that's and stuff, true. but she she did have that. Yeah, that's yeah. right. She had a pretty great moment, but um, Jamie really doesn't have any great moments, and like we don't even really see him get back to the TARDIS. No, we have to trust that they get back there on the list, on list seventy nine. List seventy nine. Yep. Although it does end on a joke, it was like ridiculous <laughs> and silly, but I just. <laughs> I enjoyed so much that they were just laughing together. Mm-hmm. That's that is the thing that just makes me so happy to see the doctor and his companions being joyous. Mm-hmm. Like a crowded TARDIS or, you know, semi-crowded TARDIS that that has joy is that's like the thing that I just love so much and that's one of the reasons I like this TARDIS team so much. So getting a little bit of that even if we can't see it happening, just hearing it that just it made me happy. And it doesn't get any happier after this. Yeah, I know. Because I've seen the War Games uh, a few times. Uh, I know... You've only, you've only seen it twice, haven't you? Once for when we watched it and then and then uh, War Against... Um, who who Against Guns thing? I watched, I think, ha- over half of it for okay. when we were doing the Who, who right. Against Guns th- gun yeah. thing. I didn't didn't finish it. Um, <clears throat> yeah, I guess, I guess that was the only two times? One and a half times? Yeah. Huh. It feels like more because I love it so much. <laughs> I know. I, I'm I'm looking forward to this because I feel that um, when I watched the war games with you for the first time for you, mm-hmm. I feel like that was the spiritual birth of this very podcast because I think yeah. we were just going to like mm-hmm. watch it, you know, because you wanted to see. I can't remember what, what the Verity. impetus was. Was it for Verity? Yeah, I'm pretty sure we did it talked about it for it must have yeah. been for a podcast first and last i bet you it was wasn't it the year of first and last yeah probably we were talking about the last episode of uh yeah all those all three of them yeah basically regeneration yeah um and 
I remember you, uh, we'll probably talk about this when we forget that we've talked about it now in future <laughs> episodes, but I was, you know, let's watch an episode, see what you think, watch another one. And then like we got through five in one night because you just kept looking me over and saying, can we watch another, can we watch another one? Mm-hmm. And then we watched the next five, like a couple nights later and like that was it, it was done. Was it just the next day? It might've been the next day. I don't, I wasn't for sure. Yeah. And I wanted to keep going after the fifth episode, yeah. but it was late mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. neither one of us thought we could actually physically stay awake through another episode so that's the only reason we stopped after episode five was because we because our bodies couldn't handle it yeah so i I feel like reaching this point now as a podcast just feels like okay this this seems Uh right and then we can move on for the rest of the stories after that but it's right it's nice that we hit this little milestone when we did yeah actually i think the challenge will be um that for for this podcast it works nicely to watch one or two episodes at a time and then talk about it so that I can still remember, like, mm-hmm. the, you know, two or three episodes. I'm not going to want to stop, probably, in the middle of the War Games to talk about it. I'm just going to want to keep watching and watching. So um, you you listeners better appreciate the sacrifice that I'm going to make in this uh, <laughs> in this next story, probably. Or maybe we'll do it all in one fell swoop. You probably won't do it in one fell swoop. Ooh, and then we'll have a podcast that's, like, three hours long. But listen... <laughs> We have to get through. We're doing great. I'm pleased with our success in that in in uh, two weeks plus a day uh, from when we're recording this, we're on on your calendar. It says watch Doctor Who and the Silurians for Verity. Mm-hmm. So we're doing well, but we still have to press on. Mm-hmm. That doesn't necessarily mean we have to watch five or six episodes oh. in one go and then do a podcast about it, though. No, that's true. That's true. And we usually start off with one and then go from there, but you're right. It is after a while when things really start happening. It's like it's a real page turner, the War Games is. It is. Mm-hmm. I love it so much. Yeah. But I also quite liked the Space Pirates. So, I really did. So take that received fan wisdom. This received fan, I don't know what called you received <laughs> fan, um, thought it was okay. So I hardly encourage you to go out and seek the audio book version or the loose canon version um and give it a shot and you might like it as well as you did mm-hmm. yeah just don't expect much from the doctor and his companions and be ready for an over-the-top old prospector i mean if you can handle those things i don't see any problem with this story <laughs> yeah nor do i one last <laughs> i was hoping to squeak this one in before but now i can't until the next time we talk about Donald G. Donald G., who played uh, Warren, Major Warren there. Okay. He was in two Doctor Who stories, mm-hmm. the production codes of which were YY for this mm-hmm. and YYY in The Monster of Peladon. Oh, my. Well, I look forward to seeing him again. Is he as ridiculous in The, in the Monster of Peladon? No. Okay. okay, well, I guess hashtag teaser for for whenever we get to that story. I will say this. He wears the same outfit that Tom Baker wears in an episode of Doctor Who in the Monster Peladon. Wow. That's some exciting costume news that I can't wait to get to. <laughs> These are some of the teasers we lay for you in the groundwork of this mm-hmm. podcast, dear listener. Possibly many years in the future because we're going so fast now. Yeah. Maybe eventually we're going to have to slow down and, you know, even that out. You never know. Mm-hmm. Depends on what Verity does, I suppose. <laughs> Maybe. Space Pirates, yay, right? Woo! Good. All right. Goodbye. Goodbye.